Hi, my name is Janice Awolaby, and welcome to the Harris County Department of Education's Center for Safe and Secure Schools Take Care Tuesday podcast series. The center created this podcast in a response to change. We're responding to the change needed to provide information to our clients in this new virtual world. There is a wealth of information coming available day by day, hour by hour, and minute by minute to the point where we become overwhelmed. There are many things we need to attend to and take care of. The Center is introducing this podcast series in short segments using the instructional strategy of chunking. We're breaking down important and sometimes difficult topics into more manageable information segments. Our topics are all based on school safety information that allows schools to be safe places where teachers can teach and students can learn. Our topics range from emergency management to restorative discipline, from physical safety and security to emotional safety and security. The podcasts are designed as a Q&A based on one topic. We keep it short and relevant. Our guests we invite to share the podcast range from national safety experts to our local experts. It is a flexible method that is short enough that you can listen to during a lunch break and mobile enough for you to carry in a car ride or wherever you need to take a little information to help you as you take care of business of school safety. Today, we're beginning our series with our national and international safety partner, Mr. Michael Dorn, president of Safe Havens International. So sit back and relax as we kick off our podcast series. So, Michael, how are you doing today? Doing fine, ma'am. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, how often do you get a double take when you introduce yourself as Michael Dorn, especially to people outside of school safety? Well, it, it comes up sometimes. And I, I had a live, uh, I think it was for NBC, where they wanted me to go to a studio. And the producer was all excited and going to wait till 11 at night till I got there. And a the guy called me and I said, ah. I think he might be thinking about a different Michael Dorn. <laughs> if uh, who it was me, he didn't, he didn't hang out till 11 o'clock or whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it doesn't register to me because I'm not a Trekkie, but every time I say it, people go, oh, you have, you talked to Michael Dorn? I'm like, you're not that one. <laughs> well, he was this, if I remember right, his position, he was like the head of security for the Starship, so. <laughs> yes. Our grant manager, Dennis Calloway, is a Trekkie all the uh -huh. way. So he could, he could tell you great things. About well, the other Michael Dorn has a lot more fans than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the important Michael Dorn today, as you're our guest today. And uh, to introduce to the, those of you listening, Michael Dorn is the Executive Director of Safe Havens International. He's among the most experienced, widely published, and highly respected school safety experts in the world. Michael's work has been taken to Mexico, Canada, Central America, uh, the Middle East, a variety of places. Uh, he was selected as a senior analyst for school, the school safety emergency management uh, for Jane's for the international search. And Michael has authored many, many books. Uh, he's up to 29 and concerning safety, school safety and emergency preparedness. Um, he's also walked the walk. He's been a full-time campus safety practitioner for over 35 years and has been in that public safety arena for over 20, 25 years. Uh, Michael has keynoted in hundreds of state, national, and international conferences from Virginia to Vietnam, from Trinidad to Toronto. But I met Michael 
when I asked him to keynote for ATDE Center for Safe and Secure Schools Safety Forum in October of last year. Our Safety Forum is one of the many events and workshops and trainings we host at the Center for Safe and Secure Schools. And the Safety Forum is one of our key events that we do under our grant, uh, the Bureau of Justice Stop the Violence Initiative. Michael has such a wealth of information. We scheduled him to, rock, to come here April 23rd uh, to present on what's your good name worth. Uh, that's uh, something that we put out to our school districts to talk about school safety, security, and emergency preparedness in, in, in our environment. And it was gonna be at our regional uh, emergency management workshop, but our world changed and questions started to change. And with those questions, it was a lot of questions, so many that you get overwhelmed and we had to start chunking it up. So we've developed a 10 minute Take Care Tuesday. Uh, take care of the physical security, take care of the mental security. This is a podcast series that we'll be broadcasting to you uh, over the next few months to help get those questions answered. I'm talking about the nagging questions that pop into your head at night and you just didn't have time to ask it or you couldn't even think about it or you didn't even want to think about it, but it just keeps popping up. The information is getting to be so overwhelming, we need to start chunking our questions. So we're gonna take 10 minutes to let Michael answer some of these today. Um, and so the first topic, Michael, we're gonna address is reopening of schools. So let me ask the first question here. When schools open in the fall, and I'm being very positive, uh, what will that look like from your perspective since you've seen, you work with many uh, districts across the country? I think it's gonna look different in different places, which is what our public health officials have said it should look like. I think the biggest broad brush statement I would make is it's going to look like it's looked this spring where school officials are going to, you know, have a lot of decisions to make. They're gonna consult with their public health officials and you know, various governmental agencies and, and leaders and internal departments, and they're gonna do the best they can, and they're gonna develop, I think, really good plans. I've, we've been deeply impressed with how school officials have been handling this so far, but it's going to be fluid. The way uh, in any, and this is true, I've worked in 11 countries, some are communist countries, some are democracies, and I can tell you that we're seeing the same thing in any country with a free press and free access to internet, uh, and especially free access to social media. There are gonna be probably a variety of things that come up that are concerning to people, that upset people, and we'll get what we've been getting the last few months where you've got all these different experts saying different things and different people have different views on it. And school officials are gonna to have to do as they've been doing and adapt very rapidly to those changes. And so the biggest thing to me is to be prepared for a very fluid environment, unfortunately. The good thing is our schools have worked very hard and a lot of things they've put into place so far will, I think, position them very well to adapt to those challenges in the fall. Is that helpful, ma'am? Well, yeah, that's, that's, that makes sense because we don't just go to school and don't have plans. We have a lot of plans. Uh, and keeping all that in mind, though, it will have been about six months since the staff and the students have been in their buildings. Is there a specific training that's going to be needed to get back? Yes, ma'am. And, and, you know, those may center around things like PPE and hygiene, uh, social distancing, you know, the various things that the districts, you know, implement. 
of course, you know, training our staff on that, but also a piece of this is to, you know, look over, and one of the things we're recommending to our districts is to have a group or a person, depending on the size of the district, go through all of your safety, security, and emergency preparedness policies and procedures and look at them through the eyes of COVID. You know, look at them in terms of things like social distancing, wearing a mask, things like that, and ask yourself, will we run into challenges here so we can try to address those now to the best we really can? And that will probably need to be incorporated in the training. So for example, you may need to make adaptations to your visitor screening processes because of people wearing masks. You may, uh, you know, students as they enter the school, you know, how are we going to handle that? So, you know, I suggest to people, you look at those policies and procedures you have through that lens and that will help you identify some of those types of training needs. And another thing you and I talked about earlier that I think is extremely important are the areas of bullying, uh, de verbal de-escalation techniques, classroom management, social emotional learning. Those type situations, we could see a variety of situations arising related to COVID that what you've already got in place will work to address them, even though they may take on, a, if you will, a COVID aspect. So a good analogy would be cyberbullying. You still need to use, even though it may be a different form of communication than one-to-one -one interpersonal bullying, your policies, procedures, training still apply. So I would; those are some areas that I would focus on, uh, and especially since you've got that long gap, that those might be good ones to, to focus on. And you've done a lot of work in you know in down there uh, on that. You've got a lot of good resources available to your schools, and I think that's a huge benefit to your schools. It's interesting you bring up um, safety needs as it relates to bullying. Has this been something that's been talked about in the other districts that you've been working with so far? Well, we've raised it with them because of some things that I've worked. When I was, I was with the School Safety Center in Georgia through the governor's office, and what you would get are situations with school safety where someone would call the governor and say there's this terrible situation going on. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't, but I, this is an example. I've seen a number of cases like this. You just think would be handled well by a district, and in this case was not, but it involved a, a lady who was dying. She had about two weeks left. Her son had no living relatives. She was the only known relative of this young man. And students became aware that she was dying and he was being severely bullied over the fact that his mother had a health issue and was dying. One would like to think that wouldn't happen, but in the real world it does. So. We hope we don't see those with COVID, but I, you know, you could definitely imagine that that might happen. So, you know, we haven't had anybody say we've had this problem, but it, it, it wouldn't totally shock us, unfortunately, to see that. Are there other areas in regard to safety that we need to make a priority to transition One, back to the building? Yes, ma'am, there's a couple. One thing that we suggest, <clears throat> and every district I've talked to you about this says that's a really good idea, we ought to do this. And, and, and for other reasons too, besides the specific safety areas we're talking about, but I think it would be important for districts to pass a, some type of provisional policy that will allow the superintendent and his or her cabinet, executive council, whatever the descriptor your district uses, to deviate from your safety, security, and emergency preparedness policies as needed to address health concerns related to COVID. I could foresee quite a few policies, especially a district that's got good policy, 
there may be situations where following your policies as they are right now could not be safe. And you, you know, a lot of districts are worried about liability issues, public criticism if something doesn't go well. And you don't want to be in a position where they say, well, you didn't follow your own policy. So we would suggest you consider a provisional policy to give that autonomy to the superintendent and their you know, key staff. The other one that I think is very important, and, and, and we've talked about this before, there's a definite change in dynamic from something happens, we criticize the school system because of a safety event, a major safety event, and sometimes we litigate them to uh, something we didn't used to see where they are now going after specific people. They want all, you know, all the administrators of the building fired, they want key staff fired, they want superintendent fired, and we've even seen an attempt to remove an entire school board because they wouldn't fire a superintendent after a shooting. And so one of the things that is, I think, very helpful, period, but especially with the things that we've talked about earlier that could come up with COVID, is really working on your ability to communicate when something comes up, as it most certainly will, probably several things or more, that's contentious, that could cause anxiety, you pull your team together, you make your decisions, but your ability as a district to push that information out directly to your community, to your parents, to your students and to your staff could be incredibly important. So those internal and external communications capabilities, now is a really good time to revisit those. Okay. Well, I, I want to thank you for this. Um, we, like I said, we kicked off saying that we were going to have you here in April to talk about ask school district what your good name is worth. I still think that question is still important. Yes. Post COVID, like what other districts going to be doing to keep their name to be good, so families feel safe, students feel safe, and staff feel safe. Yes, ma'am. And I mean, you know, trust and uh, trust. I mean, you know. The, the trust that you build is so important for bond referendums for just a million things. And right now, you know, we're in a place in society and a lot of data on this where people don't trust institutions as much as they used to. And when people, when you add fear to that, and then you add, you know, all these different viewpoints, I, I think it's extremely relevant. Yes, ma'am. And I appreciate you taking the time to address this and allow me a chance to help. As, you know, okay. really well, we'll be back with more with Michael. Thank you, Mr. Dorn. Thank you so much, ma'am. Well, that's all for today's episode of Take Care Tuesday. Thanks for listening, and thank you to Michael Dorn for joining me today. Join us again next week with another segment with Michael. The Center for Safe and Secure Schools wants you to continue coming back for more. Other speakers we have lined up for sessions are Dr. Scott Poland to cover emotional reentry as it relates to COVID-19 and the social unrest. Dr. Marilisa Reeves, she's a former National School Psychologist president who will discuss threat assessment management in a virtual setting or blended setting in this post-COVID environment. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next week.